Right now, let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 25. And to all of you that are watching us online, thank you so much for joining us again in the middle of the week on a Wednesday night. And uh, we pray that there won't be any distractions and that you'll be able to focus on the word of the Lord here tonight. I pray that you were able to worship Jesus along with all of us here in the church. You didn't get the advantage of seeing Brenda and Nina and Madeline with their flags. It's beautiful when they're waving their flags and everyone is up here doing that. It's a really beautiful thing. I know I'm blessed and I believe by faith that God is blessed uh, whenever we're doing that for Jesus. All right, Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read verses uh, 23 through 25. And it says, well, before I do that, I want to pray also. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to honor your word. We want to respect your word. We want to, Lord God, hold your word up high. Father, we pray that you would bless it and anoint it. Help me as your servant to be able to speak it, Lord God. And I thank you for everyone that's here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 25. The Bible says this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. And there is no favoritism. Now last week we actually discussed verse 22, which I didn't read here tonight. I'm going to get to it in just a little bit. But we actually discussed verse 22, which reminded us of the sad reality of slavery. Throughout history, slavery has always been part of human existence. When one nation would conquer another nation, they would make the conquered people slaves or else they would kill them. And uh, it's, part of, it's been a part of human history uh, for, since, since we know in history. Today, in the United States of America, thank God, slavery is against the law. But sadly, even in our own history, in our nation's history, we do have a history of slavery in our country, the great United States of America. But Paul's main point here is that even if you find yourself in a, re- in a really terrible situation, I can't think of anything worse than slavery. Even if you find yourself in a terrible situation like ancient slavery, we are to remind ourselves... We are to remind ourselves of what it tells us in the beginning of Colossians chapter 3. The very first two verses. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 and 2, even when you find yourself in a very difficult situation, it says this in verse 1 and verse 2 of Colossians. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. So even though you're in a very low place, a very discouraging place, a very hard place, God says, in the midst of whatever you may be going through, Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. It's real easy for us when things are going bad to focus on the earthly things, on the bad things. If you're sick right now, going through the coronavirus, if you're out of work right now, going through uh, financial issues, if you're in some kind of a marriage crisis, if your kids are acting up, I mean, there's so many things that I can talk about here and, and refer to, but if you're in a low place, it's really easy to get caught up with earthly things, but God says, and instructing us here, even if you are a slave, to focus on things that are above not earthly things. We are to focus on Christ. We are to commit ourselves to Christ. We are to have our affections on Christ. We are to set our hearts and minds on Christ and not on 
earthly things. Slavery is an earthly thing, not a God thing. Slavery is an earthly thing, not a heavenly thing that is above where Christ is seated. And sadly, even when we find ourselves as slaves to man here on earth, our instructions as Christians is to submit to the instructions given to us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. As hard as it may be, it says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it, not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. This is a very hard verse of scripture to submit to. If you were a slave striving to follow Christ in the days of the Roman Empire, this is a very hard verse of scripture to follow. If you were a slave in the United States of America in the beginning of our nation's history, this verse of scripture is extremely hard to accept for a slave as he or she was being beaten or whipped or tortured, or disrespected, or mistreated, or abused, or violated, or even murdered. And as I mentioned last week, the only real comfort that a slave had as they were being mistreated like this was to remember that Jesus Christ himself was treated unjustly. He, Jesus Christ was whipped. Jesus Christ was beaten. Jesus Christ was falsely imprisoned. Jesus Christ was tortured. Jesus Christ was abused. Jesus Christ was violated and murdered on a cross. And that's why Peter, even the apostle, reminds us in 1 Peter chapter 2, Verses 18 to 24, for any of us that are going through any kind of suffering, any kind of bondage, any kind of uh, injustice, any kind of situation, it says, slaves in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. This is a hard thing to do, church. I don't know who you may be or what you may be going through. But man, when you're going through a hard situation and you still choose to do what's right, God's going to bless you for it. Even though it's tough, God's going to bless you for it. It says, but if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Verse 21, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insult, their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Are we able to do that here tonight, church? As we go through our drama, as we go through our issues, because we are Christians, because we serve the Lord Christ, are we willing to trust God to take us through those hard times? Verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. So last week we shared that we may not have slavery today, but we do have an employer and employee relationship. The majority of us work for someone. 
if our supervisors and bosses and business owners are nice and if they're good and if they're fair and if they're generous and they give you lots of bonuses, that is awesome and you should consider yourself to be blessed. But sometimes for others of us, our supervisors, our bosses, business owners can be very harsh, very mean, very disrespectful, and they have no problem taking advantage of us or of other people. And this leads us to our text for tonight. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 25, it says this, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Verse 24, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So when you go to work, next time you have to deal with all kinds of craziness, remember, you're serving Jesus. You're doing it for the Lord. Verse 25, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. There's a similar verse found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, and it says this, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Believe it or not, verses Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 to 25, and Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, are some of the most popular and shared verses among those in the workforce. Let me read to you this, uh, this article, the piece of this article that someone wrote, a study on this section of scripture and the workforce and the workplace. It says this after their study, it says this, all of this leads me to wonder why in the world Colossians 3, 23 and 24 is the most shared verse. My only hypothesis is that many believers or their friends are in jobs that they do not necessarily enjoy. As such, we need encouragement to be faithful in our work. Furthermore, within Colossians 3, 23 and 24 is a purpose for you, for your work. You are working for God and for his kingdom. That is a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, you may dislike your job and you may dislike your boss because he may be a real goober. Everybody say goober. Okay, your boss may be a real goober, but Jesus is Lord over you and Jesus is wonderful. You may have a boss that is a goober, but you have a God that is wonderful and he is powerful and he is great and he is faithful and he will take care of us, church. Serve him, serve Jesus. When you go to work, serve Jesus with passion and that'll transform the way you view your Mondays. Sadly, the reason they did all this study is because the majority of people, sadly, don't like their work or don't like where they work for various reasons. But the worst is when you go to work and there's people around you that are a bunch of goobers. It's hard to work with goobers. Okay? Now, if you're listening to me right now and you love your job and you love the people that you work with and the people that, and you love the people that supervise you because they're fair and they're generous, then you need to praise God and shout hallelujah. If you are a wife, if you're a wife and your husband treats you great and with love and with respect and with honor, then praise God 
then you need to praise God and shout hallelujah. If you are a husband and your wife treats you great and with love and with respect and with honor, then you need to praise God and shout hallelujah. If you are a parent and your children honor you and obey you and treat you with respect and love and honor, then you need to praise God and you need to shout hallelujah. If you are a child and your parents love you and they support you and they provide for you and they encourage you and they teach you about God and the Bible and they pray they pray with you and they make sure that they, that you go to church and if your parents love you enough to discipline you and teach you what is right and what is wrong then you kids need to praise God and you need to shout hallelujah for your parents but for those of you that work in a place that is very difficult and you work with people that are not very nice and at times are goobers. For you wives that have a husband that is a goober. For you husbands that have a wife that is a goober. For you parents that have kids that are goobers. For you children that have parents like that are goobers. For you employees that have employers that are goobers. And for you employers that have employees that are goobers. We need to take time to break down Colossians chapter 3 verses 23 through 25 because those verses are for you and for me. Those of us who are surrounded by goobers, we need this verse of scripture. And what does it say? And verse 23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. You are not working for goober. You are working for Jesus. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters or not for human goobers. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. In other words, there is going to be a payback one of these days, church. Now, actually, we need to connect the last part of Colossians 3.22 to this. What is the last part of Colossians 3.22? When it's talking about slaves, it says this. Do it, not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart. Sincerity of heart. When we do what we do for God, we got to do it with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Verse 23 begins by saying, whatever we do, whether you are a wife, whether you are a husband, whether you are a parent or a child, an employee, an employer, whatever you do or whatever you are or whatever category you fit in, you fall into, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Wives, serve your goober husband with all your heart as you would serve the Lord Jesus. Husbands, serve your goober wife with all your heart as you would serve the Lord Jesus. Parents, serve your goober kids with all your heart as you would serve the Lord Christ Jesus. Children, serve your goober parents with all your heart as you would serve the Lord Christ. Employees, serve your goober employer with all your heart as you would serve the Lord Christ. Employers, serve your goober employees with all your heart as you would serve the Lord Christ. And for all of you who are Christians and you go to church, serve your goober pastor with all your heart as you would serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen from the house of God? Not too loud now. Come on now. And don't forget what it says in the last part of verse 22. With sincerity of heart. Don't be a phony. Don't 
be a fake. We all, all of us, we all need to ask God to help us serve one another with sincerity of heart because I know that I can be a goober and I know that you can be a goober and when you're a goober to me and I'm a goober to you, we need to pray and ask God, help me, Lord Jesus, to put up with the goobers of my life. And it gets hard. It gets really hard sometimes. I know we're laughing, but it's tough. Because sometimes goobers make us cry. And that's why we need to go to Jesus. Can you say amen? We need Jesus. Otherwise, we're going to lose it. We're going to lose it and we're going to get all crazy and we're going to do stupid things. Stupid things that goobers do. So let's go back to our text for tonight. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 through 25, it says this. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it, not only when their eye is on you and to, and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Verse 24 gives us the motivation that we need to help us put up with the goobers of life with a sincere heart not to be fake not to be phony not to not to be not to be acting like like we we love everyone and we really don't no 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 we need for God to help us to be sincere the bible tells us in verse 24 that we will receive an inheritance from the lord if we do what is right and we cry out to god and we trust in the lord and we ask him to help us we humble ourselves even though we're being mistreated even though things are not right even though things are unfair even though life is being very painful to us if we go and humble ourselves and say god please help me to deal with this person or with this situation or with this disease or with the situation of me losing my job why did i get laid off god why did I get fired, God? Why did I get sick, God? They didn't get sick. Why did I have to get sick? Why does this have to happen to me? And why isn't it happening? There's all kinds of things that we can trip out, trip on. And we need to go to God and say, you know what, God? Whatever happens, it doesn't matter. Help me to live my life in a way that will glorify you. To serve you, God. No matter what. If I'm down for the count, then I'm going to be down worshiping and praising and serving you anyway. Let me read the first part of Colossians 3.24. It says this. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord. What is this inheritance that awaits us? In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Now, some of us um, look forward to receiving an inheritance. Some of us, sadly, uh, maybe our parents are really poor. Uh, maybe they weren't able to accumulate a lot. Maybe they were barely making it. Uh, at least they put, put food on the table. At least the bills were paid. At least you had a place to sleep in. They took care of you. Your basic needs were met. We need to thank God for that. But because of their status or whatever, they weren't able to leave you an inheritance. That's okay. At least they gave you life, right? 
Some of us are going to be blessed with an inheritance when our parents leave and they go to heaven or they pass away. And that's a blessing. Okay. But the Bible says that we have a heavenly father, God almighty, the creator of the heaven and the earth. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. He knows where all the gold and all the silver is, which is actually completely worthless. But he says, I'm going to guarantee you an inheritance. If you take your eyes off of the things of the world and you put your eyes on Jesus, he promises you and I, who are faithful, an inheritance. And we're talking about God. And God's got some stuff. Can you say amen? Okay? It says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord, from the Lord, not from Pastor Jerry, not from your mom, not from your dad, from the Lord. That's a big deal. That's a powerful verse. That's a powerful truth. You're going to receive it from the Lord. And what is this inheritance? It's an inheritance in verse, first Peter chapter three, verse four, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Verse four of first Peter chapter one tells us that our inheritance can never perish. It can never be destroyed. It is incorruptible. I like what Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth, moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, I want to congratulate those of you that are here in church on a Wednesday night. I want to congratulate those of you that are viewing this sermon right now on a Wednesday night at your homes. You are taking time to give God first place in your life. And God says he's going to bless you with an inheritance for it. You are building up an inheritance for yourself because you are honoring Jesus. God does not take that lightly. For all of you that are here tonight, he sees the sacrifice that you made to get here. It is a sacrifice to come to church. You have to put everything aside. You have to let go of your schedules, of your priorities. All kinds of drama happens. But you made up your mind. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to put. I'm going to go on the YouTube, or I'm going to go on the Facebook, and I'm going to. I'm going to listen to the uh, to the worship and the praise, and I'm going to. I'm going to listen to Pastor Jerry, even though he's a goober sometimes. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to listen to him because that's what God wants me to do. And God says He's going to bless you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 31, it says this. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. For those who are not doing the, the things, things of God, they're not listening right now on YouTube or Facebook. They're not in church right now. They're not busy for the thing. They're busy doing other things. They're busy focusing on earthly things. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but when you place those earthly things above godly things, there's a problem. Because the problem is this. Those things that you're working so hard for that are earthly things and not godly things, they're going to pass away. You're basically, sadly, wasting your time. Maybe you have a few extra bucks in the bank. Maybe you have a few extra toys to play with, but you're wasting your time 
simply because you're not prioritizing your time. It's not that those things are bad or evil. It's good if you have a nice house, if you have some money in the bank, if you have good stuff. God wants to bless us with those things. But when those things take priority over Jesus, there's a problem. If those things are more important than you tuning into the, the, the service tonight, there's a problem. If those things are more important than you coming to church, there's a problem. Those things are not evil within themselves. Those are actually blessings from the Lord, right? The food that we eat, the clothes that we wear, the jobs that we have, the toys that God gives us to play with and enjoy life with, those are blessings from God. But man, when that gets in the way, your job or whatever it is that you're working so hard for and sweating and sweating and, and giving your, your blood to, man, if that takes a priority over this, there's something wrong. You got to put yourself in check. Sadly, the people that need to hear this aren't even listening right now. That's the sad part about it. Now, you guys are going to be blessed. But the people that really need to hear this, they're not even listening right now. They're checked out. For this world, in its present form, is passing away. If you're investing just in this world, you're wasting your time. You've got to invest in the things of God. This world and everything that is familiar to us is temporary. This world and everything that is familiar to us, it's going to perish. But the inheritance that God is going to give us will never perish. It is eternal. I know that it's hard putting up with the goobers of life, but it will all be worth it when we see Jesus. I know that it's hard putting up with unfair situations and heartaches and sickness and being fired and being mistreated and being laid off when others aren't or having a bad marriage or suffering through a bad marriage or suffering with a son or a daughter that is rebellious or suffering with with family issues where there's hurt and pain and and backstabbing and all kinds of name calling i know that it's painful dealing with all this drama of life but if you humble yourself in the midst of that pain and that hurt and you cry out to Jesus and you ask him to help you, God says he will help you and he's going to guarantee you an inheritance for you calling on him. If we go back to 1 Peter chapter three, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade this next word is spoil this inheritance will never spoil it will remain pure it will remain without spot or wrinkle it will be blameless it will be perfect without contamination without compromise it will never rot or stink or decompose listen all of us i believe have had food go bad in our refrigerator is that true i mean am i the only one all of us i think have had food go bad it spoils. And what do you do with food that spoils? You got to get it out and you got to throw it away. Because if you don't, it's going to contaminate everything that's in that refrigerator. Well, guess what? What God has for us will never spoil. Never. Thirdly, our inheritance will never fade. 
It will not be affected by time or the environment or the weather or circumstances. No matter how much, how many times you wash it, it's not going to fade. No matter how long you stay out in the sun, it's not going to fade. It will be continuous. It will never fade. It will be bright and beautiful for all eternity. Fourthly, verse 4 tells us that this inheritance is kept in heaven for you and me. It is reserved in heaven for us. It cannot be taken away. It cannot be stolen. No one will be able to seduce it away or trick us into giving it away or threaten us into surrendering away. And church, what is our inheritance? What alone will never perish and what alone is incorruptible? What alone is the one who will never spoil or be undefiled? Who alone is the one will never fade or pass away it's jesus our inheritance is going to be jesus i'm going to say it again we are looking forward to seeing jesus can you say amen church where we'll see him face to face we will be like him we will know god intimately we will have fellowship with god for all eternity i want to conclude with psalm 16 verses 5 and 6 in psalm 16 verse 5 and 6 in the new king james it says this oh lord You are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. In other words, you're going to take care of me. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Those of you that are here in church, congratulations. You did the right thing by deciding to come to church tonight. God's going to bless you for that. Those of you that are watching right now on a Wednesday night, you're, you, you know, in the beginning, maybe it was exciting. It was all, you were all pumped up. But, you know, as time goes by, oh, you lose interest. The excitement goes. It's not that big of a deal. And you start dropping out and you're not watching. As all, listen, listen, get yourself pumped up. Stay pumped up. Stay excited for Jesus. In the end, it'll all be worth it. It'll all be worth it. Next week, we'll get into the reward. We'll finish this off a little bit more, give some more details. But for right now, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now, Lord God, and we ask you to help us to trust you, Lord, to trust you with life, even though sometimes goober comes into our life and messes things up, Lord, and causes pain and hurt and all kinds of confusion, and all kinds of discouragement, and frustration, and anger, and, 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 and Lord God, we, we want to, we want to react, and revenge, and, but Jesus kept his cool, and we have to keep our cool, help us, Lord, because it gets hard, it gets so hard, so Lord God, help us never to give up, help us to stay faithful to you, if you're here tonight, and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian, Or if you're listening online and the Holy Spirit is touching, you feel a tug at your heart of Jesus. That's that's Jesus tugging at you, wanting to take you into his arms. And if that's you here tonight, you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want an inheritance that comes from God. And the only way that you can get that inheritance is if you surrender your life to the Lord, to Jesus Christ. So if you're here tonight and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus, but I want to do that here tonight. Just lift up your, just just repeat this word. Just repeat this word with me right now. 
And if you're here present, you can lift up your hand to let me know that you want to receive Jesus. And you're going to repeat this prayer with me. Say these words. Father, in the name of Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I am a goober. And I need to repent. I need help. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and you rose again from the dead and that you are seated at the right hand of the Father right now. And so tonight, I willingly open the door to my heart and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And I want to pray for those of you that are Christians, those of you that are here tonight, and you're going through a hard time. You maybe drug drug yourself in here, and uh, you just barely, barely made it. Or you're going through some tough times at home, either in your marriage, or with your kids, or with your job, or with your neighbors, or whatever. I mean, I could just name all kinds of things, but I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray for all my brothers and sisters that are hurting right now. If you're not hurting and things are going good, praise God. Hallelujah. We celebrate with you. Nothing wrong with that. It's all good. But man, if you're hurting and you're discouraged or you're just about to check out, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will breathe life into my brothers and sisters. Encourage them here tonight. Let them know that you are here and that you are alive and that you are faithful and that you are true and that you are good and that, Lord God, you're going to take us through every situation in life. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. God bless you, church.